and welcome everybody into the East Alabama High School Football Podcast, the inaugural episode. Your host, Noah Gardner here with you on the program. First ever episode of the East Alabama High School Football Podcast. You may be asking, what is this? Well, we're glad you found us. East Alabama High School Football Podcast is the podcast for you if you are looking to keep up with all of the happenings regarding high school football in the Auburn Opelika area. We are covering Auburn, Opelika, Lochapoca, Beauregard, Lee Scott, all those great programs here in the Auburn Opelika area. This is the podcast associated with our newsletter here, our weekly newsletter that produces about three editions a week, I should say. And it's called the East Alabama High School Football Newsletter. As you may have guessed, go and find us on eastalabamahsfootball.substack.com. All of that information, if you subscribe, it's completely free. Put in your email address. All it is gets delivered straight to your inbox. All of it. No hassle, no struggle, trying to find content online. Gone are those days. Email address, input, into the subscribe box, it's free, and every single piece of content we put out gets distributed straight to your email inbox. This project that I've embarked upon, which I guess I should get some introductions in order first, but some introductions. My name's Noah Gardner, as I mentioned earlier. For those of you not familiar with my work here in the Auburn Opelika area, formerly of ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama, hosting the Sports Talk Radio Show on the line from 2 to 4 p.m., as well as I used to be a local high school sports play-by-play commentator calling games at Lee Scott Academy. I have a passion for high school sports. And you can see the role that high school sports, specifically high school football, which is an angle that we're taking with our newsletter and this podcast, you can see the role that it plays in a community, not just any given Friday night, but also throughout the week. If you keep up with how much is invested into these programs, these programs deserve the coverage. They need the coverage. And I'm looking forward to following along and coupling my love for high school sports. Also, my love for what I did in the media industry I want to help get you ready for Friday nights. I want to get you excited for Friday nights. I want to provide lift for these programs, an uplifting way for this community to engage with its local programs. I want to help you stay up to date with what's going on and provide all the analysis and all of the information to get you ready for Friday nights. That's kind of the slogan for this podcast, for this newsletter. We want to get you ready for Friday nights. Everything that we do during the week, trying to get you ready for what's going on under the lights on your Friday evenings. And so that's what this podcast is about. That's who I am. And I'm looking forward to getting into this new project and this new venture. And for those of you wondering, well, how can I support this guy? How can I support this show? This is how you can support the show. Subscribe to the newsletter. Subscribe to the podcast, of course, on your chosen podcast platform, whether it be Apple or Google Podcasts, and we're working on getting this show on all of those different platforms, and as we get the green light on all of that, I will be sure to let you know here on the show, but talking about the newsletter, a great way to support it is just go and subscribe. Once again, we're not going to blow up your email inbox. You're going to get an email with the content that was distributed for that day. It's completely free. And it's a way for you to support the show just by receiving the email. 
All right, let's get into what our first edition is going to be about today. Just a general show outline. We're going to go over and get you previewed and ready for all of the upcoming matchups for this Friday night in the area, an undefeated area that is looking to stay with the leading pack in the region standings as the schedule heats up. We'll get to that in just a moment, as well as we have a guest, Jacob Goins of the Lee Scott Sports Network. We'll be interviewing him in just a few moments shortly. In our upcoming segment, we'll get all of his thoughts on what's been going on in the Lee Scott program as it's revamped, and this team is looking absolutely dangerous, a team that could compete for a state championship come November. Okay, without further ado, let's get into the schedule for this Friday night here in the Auburn Opelika area. Talking about them, Auburn High School Tigers, as they have their first home game of the season, the home opener against the Dothan Wolves. This game is the game that I will be headed to and writing about which that article will be coming out on Saturday for you all subscribe to the newsletter. That's the game that I'm going to be at tonight. Auburn High School against Dothan. Auburn, the most battle-tested team in the state. Question mark. You look at the schedule for the Tigers. Taking on Hoover in a neutral site game, as well as going on the road to a tricky enterprise team that made the playoffs last year. Appears like they may be even better this year and is trying to vie for a playoff spot yet again. Auburn starts out the year 2-0 with that 17-14 win over Hoover, as well as a 31-21 win over Enterprise. Few teams have played as difficult of a schedule as the Auburn Tigers at the 7A level with Hoover and Enterprise out the gates. And what's been extremely impressive to me about those two victories for Auburn, which there are many things that high school football teams across the state can improve upon right now. So it's not like I'm saying those two performances were perfect by any means because they weren't. And I was at the Auburn-Hoover game, excellent football game. But over the past two weeks, we've seen Auburn's leads dissipate. Not that they've blown them, but... At the end of the day, Auburn had multi-score leads in both of those football games, and they turned into one-score football games. And in the case of the Hoover game, it was tied 14-14 to going into the fourth quarter. And what did Auburn do? Auburn put the game away. They calmed down. Leadership took over. And the guys did what they worked on throughout the summer. They settled in. They finished the ball game. They were able to put it away against Hoover with a game-winning field goal. Late in the ballgame, of course, it wasn't as time expired, but they did get the go-ahead field goal and then ultimately made the stops on defense that they needed to. Of course, they gave up a few explosive plays against Enterprise in the second half for that game to draw within one score. But once again, Auburn put the game away. And when momentum goes against you like that in the second half, I've been on the call of a game before where one team was up by three and a half scores going into halftime. Team was up 24 points at one point just prior to halftime, and that team ended up losing the football game. Of course, I was calling games for the other side of the team that came back from that deficit. That was Lincoln against Hanley a few years ago. It was an incredible moment, but when things started going and the momentum swung in Lincoln's way up there in Talladega County, when the momentum swung that way, there was nothing that Hanley could do to stop it. And so for a team like Auburn, playing in 7A, and this level of high school football is so high, and we know the athletes that Hoover has, and Enterprise has really come a long way. When you talk about that momentum swinging that way and then Auburn being able to stop it and put a game away, that's a huge attribute to have and possess 
this early in the high school football season. That's typically something that teams have to learn how to do. This Auburn team enters this season already with the ability to do that. As this team improves, which there are many areas where all high school football teams can improve, as this team gets better, let's see if they ascend to that state championship contender status. Of course, they look like they are contenders for a Final Four spot once again. The question is, are they in the same group of teams that Thompson and then Central Phoenix City have already seemed to place themselves in with some of their early season performances? That'll be the question with Auburn. They take on a Dothan team that has yet to make the playoffs after two seasons at the 7A level. Dothan as a football team, the school has only existed for three years. They combined out of two schools in the Dothan area. Now, Dothan is one school. It's their fourth year of playing football, their third year in 7A. They've only played and completed three football seasons. They made the playoffs in 6A, then went up into 7A in the last two years. It's been a disappointing run for the Wolves. They have not been overly competitive in this region. This year, they come out the gates with two performances that, plain and simple, there's no other way to write it. They were blowout wins. Dothan took down Carroll on the road, 45-19. And then with an eye raiser, they knocked off Lee Montgomery, 42-14. It's not that it's an eye raiser because they beat Lee Montgomery. It's how bad they beat him. This offense showing some signs of being explosive. And I'm curious to see against an Auburn defense that's given up some big plays early on. They gave up some big plays against Hoover, gave up some big plays against Enterprise. That was how a couple of those scores came against both of those teams. I'm interested to see this offense that's put up over 40 points per game through their first two, how that offense matches up with this Auburn defense that has a history and has a tendency of being one of the best in all of Alabama high school football. It's going to be a great matchup going into week three. The other angle to look at this football game is Dothan comes in, how far are they from being in that playoff contender group? And I'm not talking about Auburn and Central here. I'm talking about other teams that over the years are regulars to the playoffs, whereas Dothan has not been. I'm talking about Opelika. I'm talking about Prattville, Enterprise, those teams, even Lee Montgomery. But Lee Montgomery obviously started out 0-2 this year. There's a hole to dig out of right now. But talking about Dothan, can they get into that group of teams that's vying for for a playoff spot, and how far are they away from that group right now? We're going to learn about that, and I think we may be learning that this Dothan team might not actually be that far away. And then the last angle I think you can look at this, another question to ask because it's early in the season, and we ask questions early in the season. We don't make assumptions. We ask questions. Another question to ask is where is Auburn in relation to Central in this region? If this ends up being a very tight football game, I think we're looking at Central right now as the cream of the crop in this region in 7A. Of course, they're already showing to be like that, and they typically are over the history of this region and of this area. But I'm interested to see if this Auburn football team improves and how they improve from week two to week three and if they can begin to close that gap between them and Central a little bit. So that's the Auburn-Dothan matchup. We'll have a game report of that matchup coming out on Saturday for everybody to check out. Once again, on eastalabamahsfootball.substack.com. And of course, we'll have our recap podcast early next week. Moving on to our next game on the schedule, the Opelika Bulldogs at the Lee Montgomery Generals Opelika I was at their game last week against Jeff Davis, and of course, that game started out a bit slow. 
They fell behind 6-0 to to JD. Of course, they ultimately won the game 35-14. to And then there was the signature win where Opelika went for two to take down Callaway on the road 29-28 to in week one. That's what the Bulldogs have done to start the season. Lee Montgomery out to an 0-2 start. They lost 20-7 to to Sidney Lanier in Montgomery. And then, of course, we already mentioned the 42-14 to loss to Dothan. Both of those games technically on the road, even though they play Sidney Lanier in Montgomery. But now they make a home game for themselves against the Opelika Bulldogs. And Opelika, in their game against Jeff Davis, what stuck out to me was signs of a dynamic passing game that could stretch the field vertically. And not talking bad about the team last year, but early in the season, that element wasn't there for Opelika. And as Roman Gagliano slid into that role of being the starting quarterback, which, mind you, last year that was as a sophomore. This year he's a junior. This offense began to take steps towards having a little bit more versatility, especially being able to throw the football downfield. And we saw that against Jeff Davis last week. Opelika was able to break off some 30-yard passes downfield. There was an element of being able to stretch the game vertically a little bit, which ultimately is going to open up things for you on the ground. At the end of the day, you want to be able to run the football. Every single one of these teams in high school football, it's about establishing the ground game. It's about being physical. If you can do those things, play some good defense, you're going to be a good football team at the high school level. But what separates you, what makes you able to contend for a state championship oftentimes as whether or not you can open it up through the air. And this Opelika team out the gates after week two, showing some elements of being able to throw the football down the field a little bit to be able to have an efficient passing game is a luxury at this level. And so that's something that I'm watching out for in this game against Lee Montgomery. How does that passing game do against a defense that we know is going to be full of athletes all over the field that are quick, are physical, and are going to be able to run with these wide receivers. I'm interested to see how they throw the football or if this game's going to be about having to win it physically on the ground. That'll be something to keep tabs on as Opelika travels to Montgomery to take on Robert E. Lee. Of course, Opelika's schedule greatly intensifies after this week. They'll host Central Phoenix City. They'll be on the road against Prattville. They'll have a non-region game against Theodore, and then they are at Auburn. So it is absolutely imperative for playoff hopes for Opelika, not writing them off if they lose by any means because teams get better, teams pull upsets, anything can happen. But it definitely makes the road tougher if Opelika loses at Lee Montgomery this Friday night considering Central Phoenix City, Prattville, and Auburn loom on the horizon in their region. There will be work. There is going to be work to be done in October when they play Smith Station, Enterprise, and Dothan. But assuming that Opelika can get past Lee Montgomery, the Bulldogs are going to have the opportunity in front of them to make or break their playoff hopes throughout the rest of the season. Central Phoenix City, Pravel, and Auburn, they're used to playing Central every year. They're used to playing Auburn every year, pulling upset in one of those games, and all of a sudden the outlook of the year changes dramatically. No matter what happens against Central, Prattville, and Auburn, there's going to be work to be done in October. But if this team can kind of weather the storm over the next five weeks, it's going to be very interesting. The battle for the last two or three playoff spots in this region, still a lot of things to unfold, 
in 7A Region 2. Let's move out of 7A now. Let's go and look at 5A Borgard as they are going to be at the Valley Rams. And this one draws a lot of interest for me as Borgard has opened up the year 2-0. According to Max Preps, taking a look at some of those Hornets stats, they're averaging 10.1 yards per carry on the ground, which is a gaudy number out the gates through two weeks of the season. And you look at the Borgard schedule, they took down Selma 21-16 and Central Hainville 42-14. But the schedule intensifies as region play opens in 5A Region 4. And Valley is a team that has challenged themselves up to this point. At Hanley, at Lynette through the first two. Hanley, of course, a perennial power in the 4A and 5A categories. This year playing at 4A. 20-22 loss there against Hanley. And then they played Lynette, which we all know about Lynette here locally. They won that game 19-0. While Lynette may be a 2A side, we've also seen over the years Lynette go on and beat 5A football teams in their non-region games. So that difference of classification isn't really a huge deal when we've seen teams play Lynette. And Valley goes out there and beats them 19-0. What I take away from Valley's performances through the first two weeks is all about the defense. 22 points against Hanley, impressive. A shutout against Lynette, even more impressive. 11 points per game after two weeks. This game, we've talked about Borgard's explosiveness on the ground up to this point, 10.1 yards per carry. I imagine that's going to get scaled back a lot. Not saying that Borgard won't be able to run the football, not saying that Borgard's going to lose or anything, but they're not going to experience the ease of explosive plays like they did through the first two weeks. This is a game that is going to come down to what goes on in between the hashes. This is going to come down to which team can move a leather ball across a white line 100 yards. This is going to be a game about inches. This is going to be a game about physicality, and whichever team can do that better, whichever team can move the other, whichever team, a saying that I like to say, move earth, whichever team can move earth in this football game, That team's going to win the football game. Plain and simple. This is going to be one of those old-fashioned country boy football games as Borgard and Valley square off. And it's a great start to the region season. Two local teams. Families are going to be familiar with each other. This is a big one in this region. Borgard with a win is going to set the table for themselves to have a successful season. If they lose, not that it's going to ruin the year or anything like that. There's still a lot of work to be done. This is a tough region. They've got Tallahassee, Sylacauga, Central Clay County, the powerhouse that the volunteers are there in Central Clay County. That group right there, you would think coming into the season, those are some of your playoff favorites out of this region. But Borgard, if they're able to pull an upset on one of those teams, if they're able to take one of those teams and knock them off, Borgard all of a sudden slots into one of those four playoff spots. And so there's a lot to look at with this game at Valley on the road. Headed to 1A now, let's talk about the Lochapoca Indians. This is a team that I like a lot. This is a team that I'm very excited to see how their season unfolds across and into November. Lochapoca with an Auburn University football commit. A three-star quarterback, J.C. Hart. It was a couple of weeks ago that he announced his commitment. He is leading this defense right now to a level where they have been absolutely staunch on that side of the football. Six points per game allowed at this point. 
beat Lafette 38 to 6 and Beulah 20 to 6 last week and now they go on the road to Verbena to open up region play at the 1A level. Not a whole lot to take away from 1A football right now. It's extremely early, but we know this Lochapoca team is extremely talented. We know they have a lot of athleticism, and I think they shake up pretty well in this region to be one of the contenders for the region title. But once again, it's early, still a lot to find out. All time, Lochapoca is 17-1 against Verbena. Last year, they won 42-20. In fact, Lochapoca has won the last 17 games against Verbena. The last time that Verbena won was in 1997. So a great history for Lochapoca against this team, and I wouldn't be shocked if it continues. For Lochapoca, the upcoming schedule, as you look at their next two games before they have a bye week on September 23rd, they'll take on Central Hainville at home, and then they'll have Solga in that rivalry matchup on September 16th. And then into the AISA as the Lee Scott Warriors are headed two and a half hours away to Monroe Academy. Lee Scott, the whole conversation has changed about the Warrior football program. Buster Daniel entering his third season took a program that started two and seven in his first year and has now set the table for this team to be contenders for the AISA 3A state championship They are in a very tough region. Of course, they've lost Pike. Pike on to play in the AHSAA. But they still have Glenwood School, who although it started out 0-2, is always going to be a tough game. But they've also picked up Altaga Academy, which is a powerhouse in their own right, no matter what classification of AISA football they've been in. Valley Cross Academy continues to improve as a program. They have a lot of athletes on their football team. Bessemer Academy, always difficult. It's a tough region. And the AISA and Lee Scott is going to be challenged nonetheless, but this is a team that has confidence. The conversation has changed about the Lee Scott football team. When they step out onto the field, this is a team that is physical. This is a team that is tough. This is a team that expects to win every single football game that they play in. And this coaching staff has had a lot to do with that turnover in this program. They made a statement in week one against Chambers Academy on Thursday nights, one last night to practice 33 to nothing on a team that's had their number over the years. It's been four or five seasons since they've beat Chambers Academy, and they made a huge statement, 33 to nothing on the road. And somebody may be asking, well, is Chambers Academy down or is Lee Scott up? What does that mean? I'll tell you, it's probably a little bit of both, and it's too early to make those types of, of assumptions it's too early to answer that kind of question Lee Scott by design every year they have a bye week in week two that's what they did this year same as always and now they've got two more road games before they even have their first home game which is on September 16th against Glenwood School they've got at Monroe Academy this week then they're at Morgan Academy but I will be shocked if Lee Scott doesn't go into that game against Glenwood I will be shocked if they don't go into that game 3-0. This Lee Scott team is so talented. They have athletes all over the field. They've got speed. They've got toughness. They've got size. They've got a quarterback that can throw the football downfield and Ryan Deering. They've got some dudes. And there's a lot to like about this Lee Scott football team going into year three for Buster Daniel. And you can see that with that 33-0 win over Chambers Academy. Looking at Monroe Academy, a team that's been up and down over the years but has been 
in their fair share of playoffs and has won their fair share of state championships. They won a state championship last in 2018, won their region last in 2019. They've just been on a little bit of a downturn over the last couple of years. This year, they've started off with two road games as well, so this is their home opener. I'm sure they're extremely happy to get in front of their home crowd. They lost 53-6 to to Jackson Academy to open the year and then beat Sparta Academy 27-0, so mixed results on Monroe Academy. Not a whole lot to say about Monroe Academy after the first two weeks. Forgive me, I haven't gone and made the two-and-a-half-hour trip to go and watch Monroe Academy play some football, but... Ear to the ground, and we'll speak to Jacob Goins in a second. Ear to the ground. This is a game that Lee Scott feels like they should go in, control the phases of play, and come out with a victory and a substantial victory at that. All-time Monroe Academy leads Lee Scott in the series 10-3. Monroe Academy won the last time they played in 2019, 48-27. I mentioned Jacob Goins on the other side of this break. We are going to talk with Jacob Goins of the Lee Scott Sports Network. He'll break down this matchup against Monroe Academy as well as give us an inside look into what's going on with that Lee Scott football program. How has the conversation changed And what should we be saying about a Warrior team that looks extremely dangerous? We'll be back with more of the East Alabama High School Football Podcast coming up. Hey, everybody. This is Noah Gardner with the East Alabama High School Football Podcast. I want to give everybody a look into how they can support this venture. All you got to do head over to eastalabamahsfootball.substack.com. It'll prompt you to enter your email address. It's completely free. Bam, you're subscribed. All of the content will be delivered straight to your email inbox. We're not going to blow up your email inbox. Trust me. And you are never going to have to go out and search for any of our content. going to be delivered straight to your email inbox. It's completely free. No hassle whatsoever. And that's the primary way that you can support what we've got going on on the East Alabama High School Football Newsletter in the East Alabama High School Football Podcast. Thanks for listening. Back on the East Alabama High School Football Podcast, joined now by Jacob Goetz of On the Line and the Lee Scott Sports Network play-by-play announcer for the Lee Scott Warriors. Jacob, appreciate you joining us for our inaugural episode here on the East Alabama High School Football Podcast. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you having me on, and I'm excited to talk about some high school football as Lee Scott gets ready for their second game of the season. Lee Scott is a team of particular interest that I want to zone in on here, of course. That's your expertise. That's the team you've seen up to this point. It was a 33-0 victory over Chambers Academy back in week one on a Thursday night at Chambers Academy. We'll get to that game in just a second. But isn't it an amazing thing to see firsthand what Buster Daniel has done with the Lee Scott football program, going all the way from what they were 2-7 and seven two years ago but to now a team that looks to contend for a state championship? Well, I think it's safe to say that Lee Scott is a legitimate threat to make a deep run in the postseason and possibly win it all. And you've got to give uh, almost all of the credit to head coach Buster Daniel. You can see 
his what he has implemented into this team, into this program, because how they work in practice and then in the one game that we've seen, you could tell the difference from from a couple of years ago with Lee Scott to now. And I, I don't say that in a bad way uh, for the teams a couple of years ago, but just a physicality difference and a mindset difference on and off the field right now for Lee Scott, this football team. An example, you talked about the Chambers game, and this didn't have to do anything with the actual game itself. There was actually a power outage during the game in the first half, and it was basically an impromptu halftime. It was about a 30-minute uh, time frame where there was no action and the teams were just kind of hanging out on the field. But Lee Scott was doing warm-ups, going through drills. They were keeping themselves warm while other players uh, on Chambers kind of hanging out, talking to coaches, that sort of thing. And so those are the types of, uh, of mindsets that you see with Lee Scott right now. And you got to give credit to Buster Daniel, who has really put everything into this Lee Scott program. And you can see where they are going and where they come from. Well, talking about that Chambers Academy game, it's been two weeks now or over two weeks at this point that folks are hearing the podcast. I want to know who knocked the lights out. 33 to nothing. What player knocked the lights out, metaphorically speaking? That's a statement win. Eye-opening for the Warriors. I think you got to go with George Myers. He uh, wears number two. He's the senior running back for the Warriors. He had two touchdowns on the day. He ripped off uh, a 60-plus yarder against Chambers academy and he was just all over the field on the offensive side he he got the football and was just effective every time he touched it you can see his speed and his physicality Uh, you can see why he is one of the go-to players on the offensive side of the ball it was George Myers on the offensive side uh, for me and then Andrew Hahn on the defensive side the junior defensive back all over the field making plays he was flying around out on the edge sideline to sideline and just making the correct tackles. And there were a couple of times where you saw Andrew Hahn make touchdown-saving tackles one-on-one, something you see in the college game uh, where he was making some college-level tackles. So George Myers offensively, Andrew Hahn defensively, and Andrew Hahn also plays a little bit of running back. He had a big run as well uh, for Lee Scott Academy against Chambers. But when you talk about the team as a whole, it was both sides of the football where they showed they were prepared, they showed they were ready, and ultimately for four straight quarters, they were able to handle business and never let Chambers get into the game whatsoever. Talk to me a little bit about the quarterback position. Last year, Tate McKelvey, the starter for the Lee Scott Warriors, would play some quarterback, would play some wide receiver, also would play some safety. This guy was a triple threat athlete. In fact, there was one game against Glenwood last year where this man led the team in passing, rushing, and receiving all in one football game. So I want to know what's going on in the quarterback position this year as Tate McKelvey graduates. Ryan Deering split some time with him. Is it Deering leading the charge at quarterback? And if not, who is it? It is Ryan Deering. Uh, he wears number 12, the senior quarterback. He took the first snaps against Chambers, and he took all of the snaps offensively at the quarterback position. And, and Noah, I wish I could tell you more, but we've only seen just a little bit. I've seen a little bit of him in practice and, of course, the first game against Chambers Academy. And what I can tell you about this kid is he has leadership. He's a senior on the team. He's one of many on this Lee Scott team. And In this game against Chambers, he didn't have to do anything crazy for them to win the game. It was a 33 to nothing victory. Lee Scott led the entire way, obviously, and he didn't have to 
really go out of his way to make massive, crazy plays for Lee Scott to win the football game. But the things that Ryan Deering did really well was command the offense, get guys lined up, and run the right play. And you're talking about high school football where those are not always guaranteed at the high school level. I mean, you can't even guarantee that at the college level. And I think it's really important and really uh, eye-opening and a positive thing to see Ryan Deering step in to this quarterback role. He ran the offense effectively. He made the right reads. You saw him tuck the ball and run quite a bit. He had a rushing touchdown down in the red zone last, or I guess two weeks ago now, against Chambers Academy. So didn't have to throw the football a whole lot. He made a couple of nice throws. And overall, he really didn't throw the football a whole lot. But what stands out to me from quarterback Ryan Deering for Lee Scott Academy is his able and ability to command the offense and, and run it properly, make the adjustments, and know when to, to hand it off or to keep it and run up for a big game. So only one game in, so you kind of want to wait and see what the whole season is going to look like. But so far, so good for Ryan Deering at the quarterback position. Well, let's move on then. The topic of today's episode on the podcast has been about how every single team in the Auburn-Opelika area, Auburn, Opelika, Beauregard, Lochapoca, Lee Scott, they're all undefeated going into week three. Of course, Lee Scott's only played a game. The other teams have played two games at this point, but this area is trying to defend an undefeated record at this point going to Monroe Academy, two and a half hours away. What's that trip look like for the Warriors before we back up and talk about the bye week? What's this trip looking like for Lee Scott? Well, when you look at the schedule for Lee Scott, the first month is all on the road. You had your Chambers Academy, which is only about 30 minutes down the road. So you're not, you weren't too worried about that. Obviously, Lee Scott went on the road and took care of business. But you get your bye week in week two, which is a little weird. And again, we'll probably talk about that in just a second. But now you go for your second game of the season. You have to drive two and a half hours away on a Friday night. So you're leaving Friday afternoon around lunchtime. Uh, to get down there to give yourself enough time to be ready for the game. And then you got to drive back afterwards. And so it's really, really important for Lee Scott. Obviously, uh, again, you're talking about high school football, so it's really, really important for these kids to get the right amount of sleep, to get ready for the game, get prepared, and get down there early enough to where you have plenty of time to, to get ready for this game. You and I know this with being broadcasters and, and, and everybody else that has to go two and a half hours. you got to give yourself enough time to be prepared and be ready. And I think Lee Scott will, if last week, or excuse me, the, the first game tells us anything and tells me anything about Lee Scott and this football team and how their mentality will be looking when they roll up to Monroe Academy on Friday night, it's going to be they are ready, they are prepared, and ultimately uh, they, they truly believe that they are going to win every football game they play. That's how it looks against Chambers, and I expect nothing less against Monroe on Friday night. You mentioned preparation. They got an extra bye week. That's by design. Lee Scott typically plays that bye week in week two. What's preparation been like with these two weeks leading into Labor Day weekend? Well, I think, you know, again, it is a little – if you're not used to it, a uh, bye week in week two can be seems kind of off, right? That's not normal for what we see uh, from a lot of schools, but it's something Lee Scott felt comfortable doing. And so it, it's been normal practice from what I've seen. And, of course, you mentioned going into Labor Day weekend, they'll have the day off on Monday for school, but this has been a normal week. Obviously, you have the bye week, so you have a normal routine of practice, and then uh, you have the weekend off. you got to kind of – 
have the week off from from playing football early on in the in the schedule. And so now you've got to really get yourself prepared and ready to go because from this point on, there are no breaks for the next couple of months. And for Lee Scott, preparation has stayed the same from what I've seen, and they will be ready to go against Monroe Academy, who they are one and one, but with a two-and-a-half-hour road trip, you just never know what you're going to get. Lee Scott will be ready to go, and having the bye week definitely helps. Ear to the ground, what is the temperature around the program what is the belief what is the feeling about this football game going into it on the road how does this team shake up against Monroe I think again Lee Scott feels that they can dominate uh, on both sides of the football because of what we saw in game one against Chambers where it was a 33 to nothing victory and they really did handle both sides of the football when you watch Lee Scott play and you look up and down this depth chart Uh, talent is the word that sticks out to me. And so going into this game against Monroe Academy, uh, again, you're making the two-and-a-half-hour trip. You have to play that into consideration. But looking at Monroe, uh, they lose their first game 53-6, to and then they turn around last week and beat Sparta Academy 22 to nothing. So Monroe's coming off of a victory just like Lee Scott, and Monroe's going to be ready to go. They're going to have fans there hyped up playing a good Lee Scott team But the program for Lee Scott and the players and the coaches after week one and coming off the bye week, they feel good. And they feel like they can match up with anybody in this region. And, uh, of course, now you're getting into those region games. You have three straight region games right now for Lee Scott, Monroe, Morgan, and then Glenwood. So Lee Scott feels they can go toe-to-toe with anybody in their region. And it starts with Monroe on, on Friday night. So if you ask me and from what I see, from what I hear, Lee Scott is super, super confident that they can go head to head, toe to toe with anybody in the region. X factor for the Warriors. Not like, I know we're talking about having a lot of confidence here, but not like we're talking about this could be a game deciding thing, but X factor for the Warriors here earlier in the season. What's the thing that you point out? If somebody asks you, what does Lee Scott do really well? Tell me that thing. I think they play physical football. It's something I talked about with with uh, Coach Daniel about how he's implementing the physicality in this football team, and you really see it in the trenches, something we talk about a lot when you talk about the game of football. It's winning in the trenches, winning on the offensive and defensive line, and what we saw in week one against Chambers, that's exactly what Lee Scott did. They won on the offensive side with their offensive line. They gave the running back holes. They gave quarterback Ryan Deering time to make the plays when he had to. And when he tucked the ball and ran, he had places to go as well. And then on the defensive side, the defensive line, they caused havoc all night long. They were always in the backfield. They were not really fooled by anything. And they pitched a whole game shutout. And so that's what sticks out to me. And I think, again, it's so important at this age to see the physicality difference. And right now, Lee Scott, is just outmanning some of these on some of these teams, and, and of course they've only played the one. But that's what I expect to see all season long: is Lee Scott to dominate the trenches. And if you do that, you've got a great chance to win football games. So if you ask me what the X factor is for Lee Scott, not just against Monroe, but all season long, it's the physicality of this football team. Jacob, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Tell everybody how they can check out your broadcast as well as what you got going on during the week. Yeah, you can catch Lee Scott Sports Network. Uh, you can catch me, Jacob Goins, and Carter Bird, my color commentator. We'll be at Monroe Academy on Friday night 
Uh, all broadcasts start at 6.30, kickoff at 7 on the Lee Scott Sports Network. That's on AU100. That's 100.3 on your radio dial. You can go to the Lee Scott Sports Network Facebook page or the Lee Scott Sports Network YouTube channel. Uh, you can go to either one of those, and you can find it. Again, kickoff is at 7. The broadcast will start at 6.30. That'll be every Friday night uh, from here on out, uh, hopefully into uh, into the next few months. And then with On the Line, my sports talk show on ESPN 106.7, you can catch that 2 to 4, Monday through Friday on ESPN 106.7 here in Auburn, Opelika. Noah, I appreciate it, man. It's always good to talk to you. Always good to talk to you as well, my good sir. I hope you have a safe trip out to Monroe. Appreciate it, man. I appreciate that a lot. That was Jacob Goins of the Lee Scott Sports Network and on the line weekdays, Monday through Friday from 2 to 4 p.m. on ESPN 106.7. A big thank you to Jacob Goins and a big thank you to you all for joining us for the first episode of the East Alabama High School Football Podcast as well as the first edition of the East Alabama High School Football Newsletter. A big reminder to everyone out there, go and subscribe to the East Alabama High School Football Newsletter. That's a great way to support the show. It's completely free and all of our content gets delivered straight to your inbox. Hope everybody enjoys their Friday night. Hope everybody enjoys their weekend. So long, everybody.